Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. Amanda and I are both in Zephyr B. This is season 24 for me and season 20 for Amanda. And this is day 13 of season 92, right in the middle. Our first question asks for a dynasty of the Indian subcontinent that existed from the 300s through the 500s common era. Uh, it further... Uh, indicates that the name is a common surname among individuals of Indian descent. Yes. Uh, so my first thought was Patel. Mm. And that didn't not work for me. And I tried to think of some other ones. Part of the problem with this is I work with a lot of Indians. Mm. So I kind of had to try to figure this out before like I you know, started working and started getting emails from them to check my email boxes. <laughs> I, I didn't want to like see one and think oh right that yeah uh so i kind of tried to put this out of my mind and not think about it too much after i sort of settled on patel sure uh, as the the first name that came to mind really and nothing else in the question really uh worked for me um so I, that's what i eventually went with patel yeah so for my part the name that came to mind for me first and kind of foremost was sing um with an H on the end, as the surname is spelled oftentimes. Um, and I didn't really have a super strong reason other than that, like that I, I feel I've seen it as a surname with a good amount of frequency. It may help that I'm pretty sure there's at least one construction company around here um, that is run by a person with that surname. So um, that was kind of top of mind for me for whatever reason. Um, I did th try to think of others I gooped across my mind but i was like i don't really have any other or better reason to go with that one over the one i had already picked um so i put down sing uh, but it was gupta dang it yeah. oh i should have known that because one of the uh or at least i should have thought of it because one of the leaders in the current edition of civ is Chandragupta. Ah, there you go. He's sort of the more militaristic Indian uh, leader, as opposed to Gandhi. Hmm, okay. Interesting. But it just didn't come up, and like I said, I had to sort of put it out of my mind. Sure. I thought of saying early as well, but I thought that that became more of a surname later on, and probably wouldn't be kind of attributed to that. Yeah, I, I did look it up after the fact, and it did become more prominent just a little bit later like um that it was it came more into use like towards the end of the period that it's mm. specified in the question um and so uh it, it's it is kind of an honorific name so it's mm. not like too far off the track in a certain right. way um but it's uh just not the correct one i would have thought much later because i was under the impression that it was largely adopted by uh, people of the Sikh religion. Uh, it it definitely is. That was mm -hmm. that's part of the, um, which I thought the, was the trend, somewhat newer than fifteen hundred years. Uh, that I don't recall from what I looked up. Yeah. Uh, it's I'm not sure if it was, um, <clears throat> co-evolving at that time or not. Okay. So question two, uh, grows one right down the Gen X. Uh, <laughs> Center for us 
saying, what titular three-word object does Alanis Morissette tell us to swallow it down because it feels so good swimming in your stomach? Yeah, so this one took me a couple of minutes to kind of like, you know, as I looked at it early in the morning and my brain's not quite fully up and running, um, I thought, well, they just gave us the title of the song, so how is this three-word object titular? Um, and so it, it, it took me maybe a little, a few minutes longer than I should have taken to come up with the most famous Alanis Morissette album title, which is Jagged Little Pill. And that would certainly be something that you swallow down. Like I didn't, I didn't have that album. I, I, you know, knew the, the songs that they played on, uh, alternative radio or lots of other radio too. Um, and so I just kind of assumed that this was the case, like that it's got to be something from an album title, Jagged Little Pill is Three Words, and it, it kind of fits the lyrics too. So that's what I put down. Uh, I just knew this song <laughs> as soon as I saw the, the, the quotes. Swallow it down, Jagged Little Pill. Yep. Okay. I actually missed the word titular in the question when I was oh. reading it, or I would have defended it a little lighter. Huh. Just because I think that was a big clue, even for people who might not have immediately recognized the song. Yeah. So, oh well. I mean, it's, I think I would have come up with it just because of the context of those lyrics and, and knowing who Alanis Morissette is. Mm -hmm. um, but that was the correct answer, yep. um, without question. Uh, question three asks us, basically, what type of rock is most common on the floor of the ocean? So I just wasn't getting to this. I don't know why it just never popped for me. I didn't really, my, my brain didn't get out of the gate the whole damn day. Mm. Um, but I, I was pretty much uh, flipping the coin between pumice and obsidian. Mm -hmm. um, then thought, eh, obsidian isn't finely grained. So, okay, we'll go with pumice. I essentially did that too, but maybe more agonizingly, um, if only because what I couldn't, like, I, I wanted to be able to think to myself, what is the term for that glassy black volcanic substance um, that is obsidian, is what I was trying to think of. Um, and I was pretty sure that either it was that or it was something else that wasn't the type of rock that the that the question is describing um and so i ended up coming down on pumice um for my answer just because i thought you know finely grained like uh my my dad in his basement workroom used to keep uh, a bar or i think in later years like a pump bottle of lava soap mm -hmm. which had pumice in it that was supposed to you know kind of if you had been working with really, you know, greasy, dirty mm -hmm. stuff down in your workroom, as one did as a dad in the 80s, um, then you needed some lava soap to make sure you could really get your hands clean. Um, you know, I hope you can all hear the air quotes around needed there because, <laughs> you know, soap would do it. Um, but yeah, I just thought, you know, that it, it has that kind of the whole point of that soap is the grainy texture. So I thought, you know, with the small grain, the, the lava element there, um, 
I just figured pumice sounded as good as anything and I, I wasn't come up with anything um, more plausible. There's basalt. Basalt. Basalt, basalt. yeah. Basalt. Yep. Yeah, okay, basalt. sure. Basalt. <laughs> it's just yeah, a fact I don't really just, know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I've heard of basalt. I, I know it's yeah, volcanic. Didn't, yeah, didn't. It's, it's igneous, therefore, but yeah, I didn't know it was necessarily lava-related. It didn't come to mind for me. Nope. I just, nah. Oh. Question four asks us for the name of an Apple TV series that was based on a set of commercials for NBC Sports. Yeah, that's Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of the one of the many improbable things about that show. Yes. Um, yes. but it is the originating improbable thing mm -hmm. that it, it's just this kind of random character that, that Jason Sudeikis came up with mm -hmm. to be kind of a wacky, um, way to promote, uh, I think it was for, was it for soccer promos or yeah. was it for other, yeah. yeah. So NBC it was, sports got, uh, I think us, uh, broadcasting rights for premier league. There you go. So that was what that was for was, you know, Hey, Hey, we know Americans don't know anything about football so we'll have this joke about a football coach going over to coach there right yeah so yes that's kind of famously the origin story of the series and the rest is as they say television history yeah i remember early on in the first season finally kind of looking at the credits and thinking like it's got something like you know based on cre uh, characters created you know for nbc sports or something like that like it, mm -hmm. it actually says it in the credits that gives gives them uh, that line and it's like wait what mm -hmm. yep yep yeah this was this is ted lasso mm -hmm. yep that was certainly the correct answer uh question five goes into different uh british adjacent territory asking us essentially what um fashion design house uh is credited with creating Meghan markle's wedding gown i didn't know this. I thought maybe Yves Saint Laurent. Mm. Is that is that a French luxury house? I don't know. It certainly is. Okay. Yes. Uh, the Very only good. other one I could really think of, like I, I thought like, well, it's not Chanel because I felt like that was earlier. It is earlier and was established okay. by a woman in the first place. Oh, yeah. Good point. Probably they had a lot of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought like, is Piaget one of them? Is it a French luxury house? And they make watches, right? Watches, yeah. Yeah, so probably not watches, like, yeah. Yeah. And I just kind of like couldn't really glom onto anything. I thought of like mm -hmm. Hermes. No, I felt like That's that was also thought. kind of more female oriented. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, I, I know they have the the purses, the, the Birkin bags thing. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of kept coming back to Yves Saint Laurent went with YSL. Um, yeah, certainly not a not a terribly off the track answer. Um, but if I was to think of like wedding dresses being designed by a French luxury house, I might think of something like Christian Dior. Mm. Um, you know, I, I certainly would think of Chanel, but I, you know, like you said, that was came about earlier and and was Coco Chanel's mm. brainchild. Um, and so the name that popped to mind for me right away was Givenchy, um, which I tend to think of a little more as a, uh, jewelry designer because I've really always admired their, um, 
their style as far as jewelry design. It's just very um, well crafted and um, just it it is the it's hard to express. It's it's kind of got that ineffable perfection to it that it's it's hard to describe. But um, Givenchy also has wonderful uh, dresses, especially um, and. So that came to mind right away. And I tried to think of, you know, it, you know, could it be these other things? Um, nothing really kind of, kind of popped for me as like wedding appropriate and French and founded in 1952. Um, you know, that was kind of, that fit with my sense of the history of that particular house. Um, and so I just kind of kept coming back to it and uh, went ahead and put down Givenchy. Well done, that was correct. Indeed. Question six asks us for a word from the Latin, which in legal sense means has no binding force, and mathematics is associated with zero. Right, um, and so this one, if I think of something uh, in a legal sense not having binding force, what has a binding force in the legal sphere a contract does and if it doesn't have that force then it's null and void mm. um and so and i thought well okay so null would certainly be a mathematical concept associated with a value or idea of zero um and you know like the null set or whatever other i don't know vaguely mathematical blather i can come up <laughs> with around it um but once I thought of that, I was like, yeah, this, this should be it. Some things like, uh, nolo, like nolo contendere, um, cross my mind, mm -hmm. but that doesn't, that isn't the same, you know, that just means no contest that doesn't have to do with contracts or, or whether something is enforced, I guess, in that same way. So, um, once I, I, um, worked my way over to null, I was pretty sure that was what they were going for. So I put down null. Uh, I pretty much had the same thoughts. I got to NOLO first just because I was always reading mm -hmm. you know, the legal sense sure. from the Latin for not any of oh, It's probably NOLO. I got to mathematics associated with zero. I thought, oh, no, that's null. Mm -hmm. but, uh, NOLO, NOLO in math. I don't think NOLO is used in math. I don't remember hearing it ever. Not that I yeah. got that far beyond calc and basic stats. but So null, yeah, null makes sense. I think that would work. We'll go with null. And that was the correct answer. Yeah, I got three. <laughs> Oof. I got four. I'm going to go back to commenting on how it's kind of amusing that you can actually put in an answer, put null in for an answer, <laughs> and have it be an answer. Because it's, it's like answering nothing. Um, but yeah, four is not, not super great. I really wish I had kind of seized on uh, my passing guess about Gupta but mm -hmm. I have really no reason that I would know that history I haven't studied it I you know I the the one that I um that we might also see as a common wrong answer but I think has been asked very recently it was about Mughal or Mughal mm -hmm. um which yep. I don't think is a surname though um uh, I, I feel like it's not that common at least yeah so, so yeah it's I Basalt, I was never going to get to basalt. I, mm. Now that I hear it, I'm like, of course, that makes total sense. Sure. Great. Yeah. 
Thanks. Mm. Base and then salt because it's in the ocean. <laughs> so clearly that's where the word came from. Certainly. Um, well, don't don't listen to him. That's it for today. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis. Follow us on Twitter at LRNDLG. That's Learned League Without the Vowels. And remember, don't forfeit. Don't cheat. <laughs>